74 of the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. In this episode, we discuss Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 3, Alien Commies from the Future. Ooh. Right, guys, I've got a quick question for you. Straight in there. Okay. How would you feel if I used the word moist? Oh, God, uh, Adam. <laughs> moist. <laughs> No. Literally no. the best of it about that episode. That was that it was it was such a fun episode purely for that one bit. Like when he when Coulson did that, I cracked up. I think just about everyone did. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was, it was so good. <laughs> what do you guys want to add anything? I mean, you know, do you want to break down in tears or uh, you know, show an emotional response to make sure you're not cro- uh, chronicons? <laughs> <laughs> that that whole scene was fantastic. It yeah. was. Yeah. Especially um I liked when he was on the bus and I don't know if you guys are Blade Runner fans, but the the bit about the turtle and the su- baking in the sun. Yes. <laughs> that's the Voight Kampf test from Blade Runner. Yeah, I I <laughs> that they I'd used to weed out the replicants. Yeah, I, I, it was kind of, it was subtly, um, I say subtly, I think it was plainly obvious exactly where they got their uh, got their inspiration from in this one. Is, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, at least in the, in the, in the, the 30s, was it 20s, 30s episodes, uh, it was kind of a noir sort of thing. But this one was just pure, you know, we're going we're gonna to take some, uh, some early sci-fi references and just chuck them at the wall. It was great. Yeah, it was, so it was good. great. Do you want to give a, a rundown of the episode, Adam, so uh, we can uh, see what happened in the whole thing? Yeah, so I mean, it, it started out um, basically with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming out of the last episode, uh, following the Chronicoms in their wake. And uh, it starts out with them basically scaring the crap out of some teenagers who are uh, just around the Area 51 site in uh, in Nevada, I believe. Yeah, correct yes. me if I'm wrong. Uh, yep. Place famous for its UFO sightings. Um, and UF, uh, UFO, Area 51 even, is um, apparently a shield base. Of course it is, right, guys? Of All the areas are. Right. <laughs> All of them are. Yeah, he was right uh, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which was a really nice reference back to like the first few seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was like, you know, it was a really nice touch. But yeah, so Area 51 is in fact a S.H.I.E.L.D. base. Um, and the team head to a diner to try and find somebody who works or is, you know, in or around the S.H.I.E.L.D. base where they... Um... There's a few poignant scenes, I think, which are kind of pointed out, which... Um... Basically, in the 50s, there was still segregation amongst different people. Um, Max looked on pretty harshly um, by the diner, the person in the diner. So uh, so Gerald Sharp comes into the diner and uh, they, they basically put something in his coffee and knock him out and take him back to the uh, take him back to the ship. So Coulson and Simmons basically go to Area 51 and they infiltrate the base Um and this is where you get the uh, the eponymous scene <laughs> that I mentioned earlier and kind of referred to earlier, which was brilliant. <laughs> just getting that emotional response. It's like, oh, we just have to determine they're human, not even Chronicom. It was just, it was so well done. And the fact that they managed to get a, you know, get a recording of it with them uh, with straight faces just totally blows me away. <laughs> <laughs> If that was me, I would have made so many mistakes. Um, 
But uh, this is this at this point. This is where the uh, the agents of uh, agents of Shield, Agent Carter crossover kind of happens because uh, Daniel Souza from um, uh, Agent Carter uh, appears and uh, is told that Agent uh, Peggy Carter is um, actually in the base, which is uh, which is who Simmons was impersonating with her with the fakest British accent you've yeah. ever heard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is which is uh, yeah. But, but to be fair, like I said last week, her accent, her British accent has become very Americanized and it's it's kind of weird to listen to now. But um, yeah, she has still got a British accent, but it's just a bit. She's been in the States for a long time. Um, contaminated. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wouldn't put it quite like that, but yeah. Um, and he's he's uh, Agent Sousa is still out on the West Coast um, since the end of season two of Agent Carter. So as it turns out, the the Chronicoms are after a huge kind of ion fusion reactor, um, in which uh, in which the guys that are on the ship with um, Gerald Sharp, they kind of find out won't be powered due to the fact that they cannot put enough power into it to get it to start. Lynn, do you wanna do you wanna you know let us know how ion fusion works? <laughs> Not today, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I worked all weekend. It's, it's, it's comic book stuff anyway. <laughs> it's comic book science. <laughs> it works because you plug it in and they go boom. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but basically the Chronicoms want to plug themselves into that because they can, uh, I think it was in season five um, when Enoch plugged himself into the, the monolith or something like that. Obviously I missed that because I've missed <laughs> many seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Agent May and Yo-Yo basically go and chase the Chronicom, going for the reactor, uh, only to hold them up. There was a really, there was a really good fight scene there. I will say, it was yeah. really, really good, really well done. And we we also know yeah. now that May is not a Chronicom, although I thought for sure she was. Yeah, I mean, we'll come on to it in a minute, but she actually, um, she actually kind of had that emotional response this episode, which was really good. Bit of a panic um, attack, even. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which you know is um, at least it shows that she can she can feel something. Okay. But uh, earlier in the episode, you kind of see that Simmons mentions about an EMP blast uh, and about the fact that they've got one that would only go about 10 feet. And she was basically saying that she could quite easily make it go, you know, miles wide or something, It was just with a few changes. Um, and funnily enough, <laughs> she gets to make those changes and actually use the EMP blast to uh, take out the Chronicoms, um, where Coulson, who was actually fighting one of the Chronicoms, gets taken out too. Um, at the end of the episode, they're all kind of left in the 1950s. So I expect there's obviously going to be another episode set in the 50s. Um, and also, we have a rating system now, I think. Oh, yes. Um, cool. Which is uh, really good. We're actually going to rate this one. Uh, we're going to rate them out of Koenigs. Thank <laughs> you to uh, my uh, two brown eyes on Twitter uh, for uh, the suggestion. We appreciate it. Yeah, so we're going to rate this one. What would you guys rate this episode? I'm going to say five out of five Koenigs. Yeah, I'd give it five Koenigs. It was fun. Yeah. This was very fun. And it, it they, the thing I love about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that um, because ABC has just let them do whatever the hell they want, they are not taking any prisoners with anything. And um, the thing that really got my attention this episode was that the um, Chronicom who was wound up being the big player in this episode was a woman and it kind of played on the fact that the men in in that on that shield base 
and also, you know, in their reference to um, Simmons as a secretary, um, it would it it shows how little respect or how invisible women were to them and how they weren't worth their time. And they played on that because if a woman's not noticeable, then they can get away with doing just about anything, which is what that Chronicom did. It was pretty interesting. At least that's my take on it. What do you think, Lynn? Oh, that one uh, hit a little close to home because I have been mistaken for a secretary in engineering meetings. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you one. know, you, you, you're you offering the solution up and they ask you what exactly your credentials are. And when you tell them, the answer comes back, oh, we thought you were the secretary. Why would I be in an engineering meeting? I think what, what kind of gets me is the fact that this episode was effectively set like 70 years ago. And how do we put it? Things haven't really changed a great deal. Like they, they, I don't think they've progressed as quickly or as far as anybody would want them to progress. And I don't know. I, 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 I was going to make like a, a comment on how it ties in very well with current events. And it um, yep. it, it's, it's, it's kind of scary, the fact that, you know, things really haven't changed an awful lot. I mean, you know, you have the segregation and the, the different toilets and stuff in the in the episode, but yeah, it doesn't feel like things have, have come on as well as they should in the last seventy years. Oh, I don't yeah. disagree with you at all. No, and there there was the the moment too where uh, May and Yo Yo snuck in dressed yeah. like woman pilots. Well, they. That was not a good disguise in 1955. They're jumbling their history a little bit because the WASP program that they were, that May was referring to, that was ended in 1944. And women weren't allowed to fly military aircraft until 30 years after that. Which was referenced in uh, Captain Marvel, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. But they were complete badasses who did, in fact, pull the targets for the fighter pilots to use. Yeah, and that in And they would shoot at is... that with live ammunition. Yeah. Right. And these ladies did fly every single aircraft that the Air Force had. Sometimes when other pilots were too afraid to fly them. So let's get the ladies to do it. And, and oh, so infuriating just even thinking about and it. And they weren't yeah. even officially military. They were a civilian service. Yeah, and that's and that's the that's that's what I struggle with. And it's kind of and it's well, not just that. I think it's the entire, um, the idea that in the 50s and, you know, like I said, it hasn't particularly changed an awful lot up until now in the fact that a white male is quite often put above, uh, you know, white everyone females, else. everyone else. And, and, and that's kind of, and that's kind of the, the, the thing that's really poignant about this episode is that they they kind of they really pointed it out, especially with um, sort of Mac, Yo Yo, and May, um, and the idea that that Zeke was kind of the leader of their little group because he was the white male, and again it ties in really incredibly well with everything that's going on at the moment with the whole Black Lives Matter movement that's going on globally. Um, and I, I guess for me, as a white male, it kind of really just points out how kind of easy I've had it and how privileged I've had it compared to literally everybody else. And yeah, it's going to get, get a bit deep, but you know, it's, um, it's worth mentioning. It's worth talking about. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and Gerald Sharp was lucky to get out of that tent with all his teeth after some of the things you said. Absolutely. What he said to May, I'm surprised hey. <laughs> May left the skin on his back. And Yo-Yo had to like, Yo-Yo was like, I had to pull her away. <laughs> like the fact that he, he left that tent alive after saying what he said to both Yo-Yo and May. I mean, wow. Just wow. I mean, they didn't, they didn't sugarcoat that at all. And I'm thankful for them for that. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I, I felt like maybe in the, the 20s and 30s episodes, it was a little bit more, um, not subtle, but it was a little bit less referenced. I think this this episode, they really went for it and they really kind of said, you know, as a, as a team, you've got May, you've got Yo-Yo, you've got Mac. Um, I mean, even, even Quake, uh, yeah, Quake yeah. as well, Daisy as well. Um, yeah, and, and, and the guy being a white male would only really tend to take much notice of another white male. And it just, that was kind of infuriating really, because you look at history yeah. and that's really what that's, that's really what it is. And it just, it just infuriates me. And it just kind of, you know, know your history, learn from your history and, and kind of just be better than history. That's the, I think that's the key takeaway from me. And it's kind of, you know, it's, it was a really good episode for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would like to talk about uh, Daniel Sousa and him being like, Peggy's here. And then, um, <laughs> and, uh, and Simmons oh. trying to go along with it. And then she realized who he was and she was like, uh, <laughs> what do I do It was now? kind of a, it was kind of a poorly chosen disguise in my opinion, because there are people around in that building who probably have met Peggy Carter. Right. Yeah, especially considering she is so ridiculously well known. <laughs> right, she's around so famous. <laughs> it's like, you know, right. why would you choose that disguise? Right. Uh, uh, and then, and then there's Daisy come or uh, Daisy coming in and and totally like saying she was CIA. I enjoyed yeah. that as well. Yep, that was that was quite excellent. Um, so are you guys worried about Coulson? Um, because he got hit by that EMP pretty hard. Absolutely. Uh, he could have been fried pretty good. Was yeah. we'll, see how, uh, we'll see how good the uh, Chronicom shielding is. Yeah. I- I'd like to know why his eye color changed at the end of that episode, because it went from it was, blue to it brown. It was definitely oh, short You could see circuitry yeah. in his irises. Yep. He was definitely yeah. short-circuiting. Is, is he going to go bad, or is he going to be like just like not going to reboot like what slightly broken are we gonna get a blue screen of Def Coulson yeah <laughs> the red <laughs> ring of Def Coulson like on the Xboxes his RAM is incompatible I was wondering though why Yo-Yo's arms are okay that's a good point I hadn't that's, thought about that that's a good question because her arms should have shorted out too yeah Huh, I didn't know. I didn't even think about that. I, I tell you what, I did like, and it's it's kind of like that. Cla- again, it goes back to the, just the classic movie trope of you introduce the main weapon or the main you know part of um, how they take out the enemy right way back in in the the first third of the the episode or the movie, and then they revisit in the last third and like, hey, this is could this could be what we're gonna you know blow everybody up with. Uh, and the EMP was a really good example of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and, wait, uh, we have one of those. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like it's like, hey, I got a minute. We we mentioned that literally in the first five minutes of the episode, um, you know, right be- right before moist, um, and, uh, <laughs> moist, <laughs> moist, moist. Oh god! Was... All those poor little engineers getting emotionally abused. <laughs> I what what was um, what was Simmons referencing when she was talking about um, the two people? Um, Kind of, kind of. I think they were splitting up or something like that. It must be some. Talk about her and Fitz. Was she? I don't know. It, it was just, just a conversation. You know, just I, tell... was... I think she was just telling a sad little story to try and get a reaction from the guy, and she certainly did. I wondered if it was just like a, a nice reference, like a, a '50s TV show or something. Um, you know, that would have been pretty cool. Um, I tell you what, my other my other favorite bit from this episode was when Mac at the end kind of like um, you know he says to Gerald Sharp, he's like, "If you do this again, you will be probed." And <laughs> I, again, going back to my whole my whole Doctor Who fan thing, um, I would have loved him to have said, "And you will be exterminated." <laughs> like that would have been so good. Um, but no, he he referenced being probed, which was uh, is obviously goes back to that old. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the old UFO thing, and he was yeah. so upset about doing it that way too. But he did it. Yeah. <laughs> we and speaking of the old sci-fi um, references in this episode, can we talk about the title card for the show and how they just totally made it a 1950s sci-fi movie title card? Like in the 30s episodes, it reflected the 30s, and now yeah, it's the noir. totally reflecting. Yeah. yeah, now it's totally reflecting the sci-fi, the 1950s sci-fi stuff. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Very clever, and I love it. Yeah, um, it's kind of like it's kind of like that with the you know like Forbidden Planet and all that kind of stuff. The old the old fifties and uh, early sixties um, movies and stuff. Uh, it, it amazes me really because actually the difference between the fifties and the sixties in terms of films and effects and what they can kind of do on on bigger budgets was you know just incredible because you've got the old movies that kind of look like look like shit. <laughs> And then you go to the 60s where you've got stuff like Planet of the Apes, which was actually done relatively well. Um, I love that was makeup, though. That was really good makeup. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I mean. It's like it's it's uh, it's like the difference between the 50s and 60s is incredible. Um, it's almost like a difference, I guess, between 2000s and 2010s. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just my little kind of <laughs> side note of the episode. But no, uh, was, I loved it. I, I've always yeah. loved it though. Like Agents of Shield, they just when 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 the studio steps back and just like I said earlier, lets them do whatever the hell they want, then you get some really good quality television. And Agents of Shield just leans into all of it, and it's so good. Please watch it if yeah. you're not. I I do think that um, I do think that we're going to get to the end of the end of the season. It is going to like turn out to be a completely like deterministic or determined predetermined timeline. Um, as opposed to a uh, kind of what they suggested it was with, you know, ripples, not waves. Um, although they could do the the days of future past thing and they could go, oh, if you do enough ripples, it becomes a, you know, you can change the tide of time and all that kind of stuff. That would be interesting, but I don't think they're going to go down that route. I don't think so either. I don't know if they're going to, I don't know. I kind of feel like they're they're going, doing back to the future sort of, but I could be very wrong. Well, back to the future... Um, they they changed their entire timeline. So That's I say true. they did. Yep. Biff changed his entire timeline. 
Um, so I, I don't think they're going to do that. I think it's going to be more like the Harry Potter and the, uh, the Prisoner of Azkaban, where everything was kind of predetermined and happened because yeah. it had already happened. Um, right. You know, it just wasn't mentioned in history. I reckon they're going to go back and they're going to go back to contemporary uh, America and be like and find a picture of just them in the background or something. Um, right. But do we do we think there's going to be an Agent Carter cameo potentially? I would love for there to be an Agent Carter cameo. And what they're hinting at next week is that, you know, in, in the movies, we didn't know Hydra was in S.H.I.E.L.D. until Captain America, the Winter Soldier. But next week's episode, it sounds like um, Sousa way earlier before that had discovered Hydra within S.H.I.E.L.D. And they and Hydra had killed him to keep it quiet. And uh, at least that's what I got from the preview. So now it comes to the point where do they let Sousa die? Or do they rat out Hydra earlier in the timeline? And I think that's what next week's episode is going to be about. Ripple snout waves. And that's yeah. gonna, that would be a huge wave. Unless you fake his death and just take him with you. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be really good. Uh, and also it wouldn't really necessarily disrupt the timeline, would it? It's, it's a bit like the um, the stones being taken out of time. As long as you kind of make it look like it happened... <laughs> Then right. I mean the stones. The stones are a little bit different because the stones were taken. Actually, and then they ruined. You know, they, they would have ruined the timeline after that. But right, and actually, so in this case, I think it would be the Chronicoms wanting to prevent Sousa from dying because they don't want Hydra to form. So if Sousa, if they keep Sousa from dying in next week's episode, then that would route out Hydra, yeah. which is what they want to do. So they want See, to keep Sousa alive. See, I, I think I think I the Chronicoms are going to. I, I think the Chronicoms are going about it completely wrong. Because because taking out Hydra in theory wouldn't necessarily take out Shield. I mean, it would take out Shield, but it would just create an all, a worse future. Surely, mind you, that's probably the intention, isn't it? Well, that was, well that was that's a what they comment. want. They, they want Shield to not be there to stop them from taking over Earth. Right. But if but if Hydra were then the dominant force, surely Hydra would put something together uh, together to defeat the Chronicoms. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like. Hydra is always about um, cut off one head, two will take its place. Right. So if, if the events of um, Winter Soldier happened so much earlier, Hydra would be kind of like the, the dominant force of the planet. So surely they would know or they would put something together. Well, maybe their predictor knows better. True. They've introduced yeah. the predictor this episode. Was it? What's her name? Um, I didn't get her name. Just I've got it written down somewhere. And apparently she's the predictor is the only one. You, no, I thought there were two. Oh, two? Just one? I don't know. I no, thought she said she was one. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think they made a comment about that she's the, you know, the predictor. There is only one of her. Sort of like the supreme intelligence for the Kree, but not. Yeah. Which uh, so is kind of weird because they, they were in that sort of big open white space to talk to her. Yeah, yeah. which is, it, it, to me, that kind of feels like some sort of interface as opposed to a yep. real place. Um, but she's played by, is it Tamara Taylor of, uh, she's also been in Altered Carbon. Um, according yep. to, according to a re- review from Den of Geek, her character is called Sybil the Predictor. Oh, well, there um, you go. Who, who apparently is designing the Chronicom missions based on an ability to examine the progression of history and choose which threads to pull to unravel S.H.I.E.L.D.'s existence. Uh, and, and again, I, I'm just quoting Den of Geek here, but they say they suggest it's very reminiscent of Sherry Salm's far too emotional Atara in the last season. 
So interesting. interesting. But speaking of other guest stars, did you recognize the female Chronicom? Oh, someone pointed it out and I forget who it was. Wasn't she one of the American Ninja Warriors or yep, something? Yep, Jesse Graff, stunt woman and American Ninja Warrior. That's awesome. I I I know Ninja Warrior because we have it here in the UK. Um <laughs> but I do not know her. <laughs> so. She's the one she who was the, uh, the Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel stuff, right? Yep. She was the uh, first woman to get past stage 1 in Las Vegas. Nice. Ninja Warrior is tough. It is. But uh, it's, that's insane. It's, see, we we uh, we we have an, a British version that we we that gets filmed in the UK. We I, I don't watch the the American one, um, mostly because it's not shown on UK television. So I'm afraid I do not know who she is. But that's a really cool, <laughs> a really cool reference. <laughs> but that that again, that fight scene between her and uh, and I, and May and, and oh, Yo-Yo. she's a martial was, artist too. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah, like she's, three or four no... martial arts. She's no slouch. And also, um, I would also like to to point out that um, they the way they did her clothing and her hair was very similar to Dottie in Agent Carter. So oh, I, thought yeah. that was, I thought that was very interesting, too. Yeah. Is it is it a reference or is it just? Uh, I think it was a little bit know. of a nod. Yeah, I, I it, it usually nod, is. I mean, at yeah. this case, it does feel like most things are, you know, nodding to different things you know you, you've had all these references back to previous series of agents of shield and that kind of stuff Oh, i love that i love that nothing from a previous season is like sacred and they will pull and refer back to that like you wouldn't believe and it's i love that sort of thing like every it's all connected and they literally like live up to that they they connect everything to everything and it's fantastic yeah but i mean uh so next episode like you said if uh Suze is still there we can kind of expect some some big stuff Oh yeah, um, I'm. I'm kind of really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to next episode, which, uh, yeah. which hopefully will be later on today. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be good fun. Yeah. I just my, my only shame. disappointment was that there were no Koenigs. There were no Koenigs. <laughs> I wanted a Koenig at every time period. <laughs> I wanted the 1950s uh, Koenig. He was maybe yeah, in New York though. True. Maybe, Maybe. I'm, but I'm you, sure there is could. one, but he's probably in New York. So does that I, I want Koenigs not... to just be eternal. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Koenig is actually an inhuman, and his ability is to just be completely undying and you know immortal. He can replicate himself. He's, he can yes, he and he can replicate himself. It's like a form of uh, a form of is it osmosis? No, not osmosis. Mitosis. That's Mitosis. It. Yeah. There yeah, so uh, Koenig's ability today. should be uh, <laughs> Koenig's <laughs> ability should be mitosis because yes. that that's yeah that's uh, that's brilliant. <laughs> there's one, but there is one there there is one Koenig sister. So there's one sister, and all the rest are dudes. She so. she can be she can be the natural Koenig. <laughs> I say Koenig. natural. <laughs> Maybe she's just the cloned Koenig. She was she was like uh, she's like the X twenty three Koenig. There you go. I'll <laughs> deal with it. She was pretty badass. I, I can I can roll with that. She's uh she's the one that was taken from a a single cell, and although they changed her origin, didn't they? So that doesn't even work anymore. <laughs> so can't even I would use like that to now. Know the mis- the the, the are like a puzzle to me now because I'm sitting there going, okay, they all look like they're they're the same except for the one sister, 
And all through time, they all look alike. So I'm sitting here and I'm going, they're all chronicoms. They have to be. It has to be something Enoch did because he got left in 1930-something. So I, I remember watching season one or season two, whichever one it was, way back in 2014, 2015, and thinking that exact same thing. And I was kind of what? like... Uh, when the Kinnicks were first introduced? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was that... There were so many of them? Yeah, and I, I thought, no, one of them's got to be a Chronicom, uh, not Chronicom, one of them's got to be an LMD, surely. Yeah. So... <laughs> but no. No, no, they're not. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out the mystery of the Koenigs. I'm just so glad. I hope we get more because they just make me so happy. Koenigs, I guess. It's <laughs> well, Koenig, Patton, not Koenig, but Koenig. Patton, Patton, Oswald Patton Oswald is yeah. a gem. Like, like I he, love him. He's not in enough TV here in the UK. I mean, he's uh, what, what's the other thing he narrates? He narrates the um, uh, the um, Goldbergs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is which is really fun as well. Uh, but he's not in anything else that I can you know I can think of here in the UK. So no, which is a shame. He, he's a gem. And back during the um, oh, what was that app called? Where you made silly little movies? Um, dub dub the dub app. Um, and there was like this this little war at San Diego Comic Con a few years ago between the cast of Agent Carter. Oh, Dub Smash. Cast of, yeah, Dub Smash. That's it. And uh, the cast of Agents of Shield, and Patton Oswalt, um, and Adrian Pilecki, and um, uh, oh my God, why can I not remember Clark Gregg? They got on a. They were on these wrecking balls, and they were lip syncing to Wrecking Ball. Oh <laughs> it was my fantastic. God! Like a wrecking ball. It was. It was. It was fantastic. And if you you just Google the Dub Smash Wars, um, you should just go and I think, watch I, them I think, because they are amazing. I think the funniest one about those is the one where um, Clark Gregg is wearing Agent Carter suit. Oh yeah, but do you know what? <laughs> did Did you see? Did you see um, Haley Atwell's response to that? Uh, not that I can remember. She literally flew out to Georgia, <laughs> got Chris Evans to do a dub smash with her. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, why would you want to go to Georgia just to do that? I don't know. Because I've she wanted to, to win. Like, it literally, literally, like, it started out of Chloe Bennett doing a dub smash because it was something fun to do. So then. Haley Atwell and I cannot remember the actor who plays Jarvis. Um, um, who's, a real, yeah. who's a total. I love him. Um, the, the two of them did a response one, and then it just got out of hand. And it was the best kind of out of hand. It was amazing, and it was the highlight of San Diego Comic Con that year. It was fantastic. No, I know, but I, 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 I just mean, why would you want to go to Georgia? I've, I've, to win. I've been there. It's not. You can't. It's not you nice. can't. You can't. You can't trump it. You can't like beat that. Sorry, anybody from Georgia. I'm sorry. I'm joking. I know. I know. Atlant- you- Atlanta is quite a nice place to film, though, because I mean, they get all the. Is that where Pinewood Studios is? Yes. The US, the US one. Yep. Um, because I know they Georgia. film, they film like The Walking Dead. You've also got um the, the center Marvel of di- is it the CDC Center for Disease Control there? Yeah. Um, that's that. Is literally my Walking Dead uh, knowledge just there. <laughs> um but uh no i mean it was just uh, you, you can't beat chris evans if you get him on a, a dubstep and or dub smash <laughs> and that's what they did so she could win she just wanted to win and she did pretty funny 
But then they were but both yeah. on lip sync battle together, and um, Clark Gregg beat the crap out of Haley in response. On, on, yeah, you need to watch the lip sync battle too. That was pretty good. I think the other thing that everybody needs to watch is Tom Holland. Yes. <laughs> when he did his little uh I, I can't actually remember what it was for or what it really it was, was lip sync battle yeah he did his lip sync battle and uh that's that's also really funny yeah that's but... honestly though like i mean he's he's trained in dancing and everything like he was just, that was pretty that was pretty spectacular to watch i was very I, impressed I, I was like damn i'm pretty sure he was one of the uh, he he basically rose to prominence because he was in the i believe it was billy elliot on the west end so that's the reason why he uh, kind of knows all that stuff and he knows how to do, sort of dance and all that sort of stuff. He's, why he's a professional dancer, I think. He might have been a professional before that, but he got picked up for Billy Elliot and the, the West End, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. But no, <laughs> I wouldn't sure know. I, I don't there. follow him that closely. <laughs> it's, uh... But um, I guess that's everything. Well, I think... Um... I think we've got a little bit of time. I don't know if you guys want to go through anything you've been reading, any reading recommendations, watching recommendations. That might be a good one as we're doing an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, review. Um, I'm not really watching anything right now because um, I just don't really watch TV or anything. Um, but I uh, did read uh, issue 20 of Daredevil, which is out this week. And wow, does that hit home with current events? Like it's real. I mean, Daredevil's always been kind of on point about that, but this week in particular um, is really um, on point with with current events and protests um, going on throughout the world. So um, I would highly recommend you read Daredevil. Um, I think I think it amazes me that 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 series is already up to issue twenty. <laughs> yeah like i mean is it is it double shipping or is it literally just had 20 months it, already um i think a little bit of both i think it double shipped a couple times but not yeah um but otherwise uh yeah i think it double shipped a couple times but not all the time yeah see I'm, I'm i'm just catching up on the charles soul daredevil run i think i've got up to like volume six now i've got seven and eight to go again that's a that's a really good run as well because you've got like mayor mayor fisk and then mayor murdoch yeah, which was which was the best twist. I mean, that was the best <laughs> twist. Yeah, but you also will get um, Reader and Frank as well. And yeah, I think Frank, Frank together is always a good time. Frank's already Frank's already been in a couple of times. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I think I think watching recommendations. The only thing I can add is um, is I am still rewatching Doctor Who. <laughs> I have been rewatching Doctor Who since the start of March, and uh, I've got Are one. Are going episode... through all the seasons? Uh, not from 1963. I'm going from 2005. Oh, wow. So I've got one lot. episode of season series nine, and I've got series 10, and then I've got the Jodie Whittaker series. So what about you, Lynn? Well, let's see. For reading recommendations, how about something that ties into this episode? Uh, there is a book, The Women with Silver Wings, about the wasps during World War II by Catherine Sharp Landek. Oh, I'll have to. That's good. Read that. There you go. That's a, we'll a, a homework assignment. The... <laughs> we'll have to put the link up on the Twitter. We will. And watching recommendations, season two of What We Do in the Shadows just finished. And that, that show is pure joy. That's been airing on... If you haven't seen the movie, uh... movie first, it's hysterical. Is that the, uh, the Taika Waititi one? That is the TV show based on the Taika Waititi movie. 
does he does he he's not in. does he not direct the um who directs the it? tv show i think jermaine clement helps write it is one of the co-writers on it let's see what we do in the shadows for, for some reason i just had uh i had taika waititi in the in, on the mind of uh taika waititi is an executive producer of the tv show Ah, okay so he's probably not too involved in it then he's a good person and i love him but uh i mean i mean talking to taika waititi i mean i know it's it's been out for about a month or the yeah about a month or so uh but jojo rabbit you can get that on blu-ray dvd uh, oh, digital. I heard that was excellent, and I need to watch it. It is such a good movie. I think it um, it does a really great job in kind of showing the good and the bad, um, and also you know the majority of the bad of what went on in that time period. So, I think it does a really good job, and it does a really good job of putting like a real black, dark humor onto it. Um, and the, the the child actors that they got to play the the, the kids in that who got to play JoJo and his friend are brilliant and uh i i really hope that they get more roles in the future because they they have got some of the best comedic timing it timing i've seen of any movie <laughs> any actors in any movie so good but, uh, i think that's us <laughs> yeah so if you guys want to um want to get hold of us on twitter or uh emailing us you can get us on twitter which is at atalan rising one and our email is uh, the show at atalanrising.com. Um, send us an email, send us a tweet. Uh, we always get back to you. Uh, we're good like that. Uh, and I guess we will see you in the next episode. So we will catch you later. Until next week. <laughs>